Welcome to Autism Weekly, the podcast that discusses autism news, current events, and inclusion. Each week, we welcome a guest to the program to share their unique perspective and expertise as it relates to the fascinating world of autism. I'm your host, Jeff Skibitsky. I'm the founder and president at ABS Kids. I've been in the field of autism and applied behavior analysis as a clinician and advocate for nearly two decades. This week, we're excited to welcome Lori Bowen to the podcast to talk with us about the awesome ways art can be used as a communication tool. Artistic expression is a great way to share feelings, ideas, and a worldview that might be different, as well as showcase strengths. Today's guest is the Associate Director of the Melissa Nielsen Center for Autism at Utah Valley University, where they host the annual Super Spectrum Showcase that features artists on the spectrum. Lori, we're excited to learn more about the showcase, as well as learn more from your experience with art and the artists on the spectrum. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jeff. It's great to be here. I'm really excited about this topic today. I am too. And after playing around on your site and looking at the digital gallery, I think we'll have tons to talk about. But before we go into that, I really want to know how this started. It's it's five years in the making. So how did we get here? Right. Well, that's such a great question. And it actually started well before then. The Woodbury Art Museum, which is part of Utah Valley University, every year they do a show called Hidden Voices. And years ago, they asked to highlight autism. And so at, at that point, we worked with several community providers, service providers, and created an art show that they had at their facility. And then as we started building the center and thinking about what was going to happen in, in a building on campus, um, we wanted to have that that same feeling of the art. We wanted there to be a place for that. So it started by asking for artists that we knew that had autism to maybe donate a piece that we could have as part of our permanent collection. And then we have worked with um, art students at UVU that are in museum studies classes to help hang our show over the years. And so it's just grown and blossomed. And then we had to make some adaptations because of COVID that have expanded um, the audience pull and what we've been able to showcase. So it's it's just been an exciting process. And I would, I just thinking about this and looking at the gallery is showcasing this art doesn't sound like it's going to be that hard to do only because there's such amazing artists within the autism community. And it doesn't surprise me. A lot of kind of the perspective of art, seeing things through a different lens, that must add to every piece that you've looked at. Is there Was there a favorite piece that you had from this year as far as a medium or something that hit you because art's so personal? Well, um, I love so many of the pieces this year and you know some of it we've had artists that have come back year after year i think some of my very favorite um would be the work of mitch mcbride so if you get to our website his shows up first but his intricate details and and everything that he put into it um, another favorite is the is the artist that created a pirate ship out of recyclable items and he just highlighted the whole process from the idea and designing it on the computer to actually creating out of cardboard and pop cans it's just it's kind of amazing there's so much in there there's just a wealth of of beautiful art when you when you look at the pieces that that you're referencing or all of them i guess is that 
art is so it's personal it's individualized you're seeing that individual in there are there any of these that come with a unique story just or is there any art piece or one of these artists that you were able to talk to that it resonated as far as wow that's the story to this piece well um there's always stories to it and actually i was just walking around our building looking at looking at the art and looking at all of the stories or thinking about how each piece comes to be and um in this particular show one of my favorite artists again is mitch mcbride and what he has been able to accomplish um he's he's just about to graduate so this will probably be the last time he submits art as a student at uvu and he has just thrived in what he has learned in his classes here um as far as like you know he'll he started a watercolor class and we had his art from every single class almost of how he had evolved over that time to create those pieces. And um, so every element he works with, it's just amazing to see how that's manifest and beautiful. Um, and then we did have, we have another artist this, this year that um, has a very unique story. They recently um, ended up homeless for a while and they've had some really difficult problems with navigating autism and as, as an adult and maintaining employment and some complications with communication. And now they're, they have a home um, and they're doing better, but for them to be, they, they have just been in awe that their art could be highlighted and showcased in our show. And to them it's showing, um, that what they contribute matters as a, is important and that there's a place for them. So yeah, and that's really interesting the way that you just described that because art is a communicative tool yes. and especially for those that in, I believe you told me initially is that hidden voices was the kind of the idea of getting the art gallery set up and within the autism community is that we haven't as a outside community really grasp the fact that we have to understand how to communicate with everybody in their individual way and in a direct way. Is art serving a purpose for that communication for some of these uh, for some of these autistic artists? Oh, absolutely. I would say for a majority, um, you know, especially if you have some kind of complications with com with communication, um, this is the way to get your point across when maybe you can't in other ways and in other elements. And so there's a lot of our art that um, artists are creating because they want to spread awareness and understanding um, about autism in general or about their perspective, about their feelings. Um, we had, it's another piece that's in our building. So I really do invite you, if you can, to come over and see our art here as well as what's on virtual. But um, her mom asked her to create a piece that would show how her experience with autism was at that time. And she was um, really having some complicated struggles with anxiety and was really struggling. And so she was able to express that in a very powerful way. And we have this piece that shows this person that looks like they feel very small, just surrounded by dark, hard things. And um, I don't know that there are words that can express that as powerfully as that image can. So absolutely, I think it gets the point across way better than words a lot of the time. And I, I think I see that when you had mentioned uh, Mitchell McBride, I had looked at his art just because it's, I mean, you look at the colors, you look at the shading, you look at the, it's the emotion and the power and what he did. But I think I see that across a variety of the artworks, whether it's, 
the incidental pieces that are that are kind of more to the moment right now of COVID is that I saw ones that you could feel that this doesn't feel right to me and I have a mask on or the ones where it shows the internal body and it's like this is maybe getting deep down to how I'm feeling and experiencing the world. It is a very communicative tool and I'm glad that you guys have this venue for it. When when I see some of the other pieces is that I see extreme detail. I yes. see some of the sensory kind of, I've been working with this medium for quite a while and you could see that they worked it in a different way. What are some of the pieces of, of autism that might contribute to being a wonderful artist in general? Right, well, you know, as as we know with autism, there's that visual component where um, sometimes the world is just seen more intensely or um, there's a lot more that does happen through the eyes. And so um, I think a lot of times that's what the art is manifesting is just that that version of it. And I'm always interested in how many pieces of art actually include the eyes. Um, and I don't know that I look around at art in general and think, are their eyes included? But there's a lot of pieces of art over the years from our autistic um, group that have eyes as the focus. So I don't know. It's, just, it's really interesting. And that is interesting. I'd love to have a conversation with one of the artists and just really get to the understanding of, you know, why is that the detail? Why is that the focus of, of your artwork in this particular venue? It's I think that that's an amazing topic to probably sit down and go deep into over time is understanding that and it might be the emotion. It might be that there's some level of introspect going on with that piece. But so um, I, to kind of go into a little bit more, because I know that you run a program at UVU for the artists. It sounds like you've had some students that have come through the university in, in the art program or or is that not well, we do so many things through the Melissa Nelson Center for Autism. Um, so there's, you know, three areas we focus on. And so there's several of those areas that feed directly into the art show. But art, you know, like one of the things we do is is support students that are pursuing supporting autism as a profession. So we have professional careers that we're training students for. And then we have students that have autism that are at UVU. Um, so we're supporting them. And then we also have um, the community where we have a lot of people that that's how we get all of the art for our show. But we have a program for that transition age into adulthood and um, some of them contribute their art. And then some of our art comes from students that are at UVU that are in art programs or not. They just might really have a have a fascination and dedication and talent with art. So I don't know if that answers your question. I think I think it does. And I know that the focus for a lot of, of the autism services and funding and research has been on younger children. And I, I think that what Pablo Picasso said, children are all born artists. The problem is to remain an artist as we grow up. And it sounds like you have a way to continue that growth of art and expression and to foster the, the confidence to put myself out there as as an artist is that how do you recommend maintaining that creativity in adults on the spectrum rather than it being stifled over time but using that creativity that they had as children 
Well, I guess one thing I would say is, you know, the artists come to us already like that. So I don't know that we are necessarily doing anything to foster that. I think it's just naturally part of who who they are and they want to express it and show it. But what we are able to do is provide a place for it to be showcased where we can say, you have a talent. Would you like to share this, your contribution? Here's how we can do that. So that's one way. Um, one of my favorite experiences we had was when it was it was actually for the hidden voices show and it was we were we had our students that participated in the transition program and we asked them to come together for a social activity where we were just going to work with clay at the museum to create something so we had tables of you know like six adults on the spectrum several of those around and they had clay and we had about two hours to create our masterpieces for the show and what was fascinating to me about that was how much conversation was naturally fostered in that environment where their hands were engaged in something creative where they had a talent and they could put their energy into that and also at the same time it made them it made for more natural conversations than I had seen with them in previous situations you know and so I, I've always um, loved that given the right circumstances and the right situation, um, that natural conversation can just occur more. And while all of that was going on, I, I was very intimidated because I'm not talented with, like I can't do artistic things. So I just admire people who do. But so I, there was all this pressure because there were incredible things being created all around me. And I was like, well, I think I could make some eggs and put them in this weird nest I've made. And so I was doing that and there was a student right next to me that was very, um, he didn't communicate a lot verbally. So he, it was minimal communication. But while we were all talking, he was busy um, creating something and I couldn't really see what it was until we were done. And then he dropped this giant egg into my nest that he'd been working on. And that was his contribution. Uh, you know, the art has so many byproducts to it, whether it's the ability to connect with somebody or like you did a shared experience. That's, I, they're so important to be able to kind of create that opportunity like you did where it's not focused on can I have this verbal conversation all the time or does it have to be a intimate conversation where now I'm learning about the depths of you through talking but instead I can show you that I can contribute I can show you that I have this social connection to what's happening and that is powerful what does it mean to some of these artists I mean have they have they expressed to you the the feeling of having their work out there for everybody to see and to be able to showcase it in such a, a wonderful venue. Right. Well, it means quite a bit. Um, so the part of the reason we even started keep continuing on after Hidden Voices is because we had, it was a parent that just said she was in awe of seeing so many people there to celebrate artists' work. She said, sometimes our siblings that are on the spectrum don't get as much celebration for what they contribute or what they do. And this art show was just for them so they could do something. And so then that, you know, that kind of pro propelled us forward and then um, we had a student years ago that she had said I'm going to be the president of the United States like that was her goal I'm that's what I'm going to do and so um, when you know when we looked at that a little bit further like okay why is that what you want to do and she said because I want to spread awareness about autism and I want the world to be better because people understand it and so um, she's an artist we have a permanent piece here 
for her. And what happened over time is, and quite frankly, at the time I thought about writing her name into the presidential vote because I think she was a better option than some of the other ones out there. But um, she did kind of evolve in her perspective and she decided that she could show what autism was to the world through her art. And so when we have had our art in person, she's literally had people following her around the whole show as she shares her perspective about what she's done. And it's incredible. So oh, good for her. I mean, honestly, when you when you sit back and you look at ways that you can self-advocate, it's by showing your strength, your passion and empowering others to follow in your footsteps. She might be a good presidential candidate. I'm going to have to <laughs> I'm going to have to look her up too. see if we get two write in votes. But yeah. I think that those are, I mean, that's what makes art so powerful. And that's what kind of gives that opportunity. When I think back and I, I think about just the the numerous people that have uh, kind of crossed paths with me with autism throughout throughout my life, is that I've seen some wonderful, very talented artists that want to get their voice out there, similar to any other field where they just want to be able to talk. They want to be able to kind of express themselves through their work, through their writing, through their art pieces, through their clay. And then I also see some of the children that maybe haven't developed a lot of skills that find that as it's comforting. It gives me a way to be able to regulate. It gives me a chance to be able to be myself and not worry what everybody else is thinking about at that moment. Is there a broad spectrum of, of benefits for all these families and all these children? And do you have advice to the families as far as, yeah, you know what, it doesn't matter what they're creating, let them create. Right. Well, you know, and as you're saying that, there's a couple of artists specifically in the show to kind of take a look at that um, kind of exemplify what you're talking about as far as really being able to get their gets their expression out there. So Benjamin Navas, he has some great work, and then Maddie Brown, and you'll see they've got tons of pieces um, going on, and they actually both have little videos that go along with that as well. So they're some of our younger artists in the show, but... Um, yeah, they for, you know, you can just see that that is something that is very interesting to them and that they can channel that and they have parents that are supporting that ability for them to express themselves that way. And so they've been artists in our show for a couple of years and you can kind of see that it has evolved for them and um, that it's been nurtured for them. And so I, I don't know, but um, Anytime we can provide an opportunity for someone to use their voice and to develop those talents and those interests, um, that's golden because that's who they become as an adult. And that's who I see a lot of our young adults with, with autism. And anytime that they can develop those talents, they are more secure when they get to their future adult self. Well, I will tell you is that I owe Maddie quite a bit because I looked at his alien with the cowboy hat and the cowboy boots and it immediately made me smile. So it made my day. I don't know if that was his intent or, but it was amazing taking a look at that and just seeing, you know, there's it just look, you get brought in, you're engaged on it immediately. And there's no way not to be connected in some way to some of the work that's being done out there. So, yeah. Well, and so with Maddie, just to add on, um, I just saw on social media that his, that I think as you're describing, actually ended up um, winning a contest in a company that create like, he could take the, the art from artists on the 
design and then creates t-shirts and products. So he won an award and now he's his, like I was going to order his image on a bag because I was like, this is really cool. So uh, I'm going to have to get that and see how many people around me start smiling just by being able to take a look at my new shirt or bag. Yeah. But where where can anybody else go to come and see these pieces of art? I mean, I went online, obviously, and was able to find the digital gallery. Can you help people to be able to access it? Or is this going to be an in-person event in the future again? I would imagine getting to meet the artists would be amazing if they're open to it. Yeah, so um, absolutely, you can still see the show. Um, all you would need to do is just Google the Melissa Nellison Center for Autism, and um, it will pop up on our main page. It's called the Super Spectrum Showcase. So it's right there, available. Um, yeah, and we, we've had a larger audience this year because it is online. Um, in the future, we're hoping to go back to doing face-to-face, -face, but we'll always have an online component because that just has added so much these last couple of years. And this might be self-serving, but uh, is there any way to be able to purchase any of these art pieces? They're so beautiful. You know, if someone, if you have a specific interest in a piece, some of our artists are open to someone purchasing their art. So contact me at lori.bowen at uvu.edu, and then I can um, reach out to the artists and see if they are interested in that. And I have an, an office full of art that I've purchased over the years. So sometimes they are open to it, for sure. Now, Lori, I, I don't want to let you go without asking some of your advice. Um, you, you've encountered so many wonderful self-advocates over the years, I'm sure, and also some families and probably some providers. Do you have some parting words that, that you might just give to encourage maybe a little bit more inclusion or a way to be able to empower those around you? or to give a voice back to every individual that you're encountering throughout the days. Do you have any sort of advice, encouragement to families? Well, Jeff, thank you so much for asking that because I always want to say a couple, like I just want a trapped audience to say a couple things too. Um, but so I've been in the autism field for over 20 years. And when I started, it was working with the littles. So I worked with those three and four year olds and ran a preschool for a while. And it was quite eye opening when I kind of transitioned into um, working with adults on the spectrum and I could see um, where someone, who they become after they've had some of those services over their lifetime. And so I always want the opportunity to talk to parents and service providers that are working with, with anyone with autism to just talk about the importance of fostering self-advocacy, self-awareness, self-determination, and that you can't start too young for those things. And that my friends on the spectrum that are able to navigate adulthood more successfully have really been provided with a wealth of opportunities to choose for themselves, to speak for themselves, to um, make decisions with support, but um, and learn about their, their disability and their diagnosis themselves. To be able to articulate that, we all need support. We all need help, and there's no shame in having a diagnosis and asking for that help and learning how to do that. So any chance that that can be fostered throughout the age span is just very, very important. So that's my soapbox for you. I appreciate that soapbox because I think oftentimes speaking to the provider network as well, it's, it's realizing that you have the biggest source of information 
in that individual themselves. And if you shut off that voice, you're not going to be a successful treatment provider. So it is what you're saying is, is promote the self-advocacy, really understand what each individual is feeling, experiencing, understanding, and what they want out of everything that life offers and help them to achieve it. So I appreciate that you actually get on that soapbox and do that because it's, it is important and it needs to be shouted every day from yes. a variety of people for it to resonate enough. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's just about providing that voice. Art is one way to provide that voice, but there's opportunities that happen every day to provide that as well. Well, I appreciate you hopping on our program today, Lori, and and I would love to hear about some of these other ways and maybe bring you back and we can talk a little bit deeper about promoting self-awareness, self-advocacy, especially doing that at a younger age, because sometimes we wait until we're adults and maybe that's too late. So I'd love to have you come back sometime if you're willing. I would love to. I'm getting my doctorate right now and I'm focusing on self-determination. So I have a lot to say. So yeah. (laughs) Well, best of luck on the doctorate and thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Autism Weekly. We hope you tune back in next week to learn more about autism in the real world. Autism Weekly is now found on all the major listening apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Subscribe to be notified when we post a new podcast. Autism Weekly is produced by ABS Kids. ABS Kids is proud to provide diagnostic assessments and ABA therapy to children with developmental delays like autism spectrum disorder. You can learn more about ABS Kids and the Autism Weekly podcast by visiting abskids.com. Thanks for tuning in. See you again next week.